Rob, for the now for the for the third, fourth, or fifth time, I'm not sure anymore. But welcome to the podcast. Like we've had a few technical issues so far. Hopefully, this won't happen again. But um, I really appreciate you taking the time and your patience, most of all, to uh, to take part in the podcast. Hey, Matthias, it's my pleasure. It's good to be here. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Um, you're an international keynote speaker. You're the CEO of FormScore. You're you know, very invested into the topic of mental well-being, uh, mental health. So I guess the first question that I want to ask you is, how are you doing today? Thank you for asking that question, Matteo. So today I'm on low form, actually. I'm on a low form day. I um, have been experiencing the challenges of long COVID. And that means that at times I can get these like killer headaches, just depleted energy. It's affected my sleep in recent days. And, um, you know, just feeling pretty low about that. Um, I know it will pass. So I'm kind of sitting with it with a, a sense of curiosity and lightness, you know, and I know that the sun is shining on the other side of the clouds, right? It's always there. So, um, yeah, pretty low form today. But, you know, I've had a really uplifting day, actually. And um, it's quite interesting what you can achieve on low form um, because you I was talking to a friend of mine about it on a, on a podcast this morning that, Actually, when you're low, sometimes you, you sort of overcompensate a little bit. And so then when you're presenting or you're doing something, you really put some effort into it. So um, hopefully you'll see a good side of me tonight, despite the, uh, the the low form. But how about you? What's your score today? Well, I'd say this was a very, you know, despite the low score, there was a very positive answer. So thank you for that. That's a very, very promising answer. Uh, actually, I have to say, you know, I gave myself a score of, uh, of, uh, of five as well in, in form score. But that's mostly because I haven't had a really good night of sleep, uh, mostly stressed for I'm still trying to figure out what reason. Uh, but uh, same as you, like I'm, I'm really counting on on ending the day on a, on a higher note, and you know, definitely speaking to you, I'm pretty sure will help. So, um, yeah, I would say I would say we have a tie here. We have a, we have a five against the five, um, which is you know fair enough. We 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 found each other now in this conversation, so I'm sure we can uplift uplift one another, right? That's it. Let's uh, we're in the five club. Let's move to a six during the course of uh, this Perfect. conversation. Let's, let's let's do a six. Hopefully, hopefully a seven. Um, Rob, and the second thing I meant to tell you is, uh, I know I'm a few days late, but happy birthday. Uh, I believe it was, uh, was it like 28th, 29th birthday, something like that? That's it. 29 again. Yeah, yeah. Good birthday. Now I'm 49 and it's a good age for me. I think, you know, the with age comes self-awareness. And uh, I was reflecting. It's almost 20 years since I was diagnosed with with bipolar. Um, and it's been an incredible journey and an incredible journey in the last few years as I've become a, a mental health campaigner. So, yeah, birthdays for me are always quite reflective but I had a good one and uh, you know celebrated it you know played a few tunes uh, had some good times with the with the family but you know I think for me I'm kind of looking forward to my 50s uh, because I think that will be quite a nice decade for me as, as I've built up that level of self-awareness. Okay that sounds good and and I know that you were uh, you know I saw your LinkedIn post and uh, and it was quite, quite an interesting one you wanted to reach at least a thousand users on the FormScore app did you manage I, I did, you know, I did. And it was, um, it was a bit of a cheeky birthday post, you know, they were saying, look, we were, we were about 20 short of a 1000 on the new version of the app, which we launched uh, just under a month ago. And I'm like, it would be great to hit the 1000 on my birthday. And we did. Um, so there were there were at least 20 or 30 people that gave me a present that day, which was good to see. Awesome. Well, congrats on that. But overall, you know, congrats on Formscore. As you know, like, I'm, I, I, I am a 
early, so probably an early user in the sense that you know when we when we spoke for the first time, obviously I was I was on the first beta version. Now I recently downloaded the second one. I love I love the app like like many many other people. So I'm definitely you know looking forward to being part of the community. And you know specifically on on this conversation, there's really two things that I wanted to that I wanted to touch with you. And this is because you know I I probably could talk for hours with you. You have you've, you're a keynote speaker. You're really used to you know um, taking part in podcasts. You're you're asked questions all the time and. And on one end, I don't want to have you repeat yourself. On, on the other end, I, you know, there's a couple of things that I, that I really, really, really want to discuss with you. And, and the first one being around um, bipolar disorder specifically. Um, I have to tell you, you know, I'm, I'm fairly ignorant on the topic despite having done my research and, and having spoken to a few people about that. Um, so I wanted to, if, if you know, if, if that's allowed and if that's, you know, if that's okay to, to ask a couple of things there. And on the other end, obviously I want to touch on form score because I think that's, you know, that's the, the highlight of the, of the discussion. So allow me, allow me to, you know, to, to focus on, on bipolar disorder, because normally I ask, I ask guests like why there's so much into mental well-being. in your case, you know, you being so open, you know, it takes, a few posts on LinkedIn and, 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 you know, it takes following you just for maybe 10 minutes to really understand what you're about, that you're really serious about mental well-being and that you've had your, your fair deal of, of, of struggles. Um, let me ask you, you know, how would you define in a nutshell bipolar disorder for people like me who haven't, who haven't experienced it directly? Sure, and I'd be very happy to. And it's, it's actually World Bipolar Day on the, uh, the 30th of March. So this is, you know, it's a timely question. And very happy to share. So, so bipolar um, disorder, um, it's a mental illness and it's a mental illness that's characterized by extremes of mood from at its worst, you know, deep dark depression that can, um, for me, it can make me you know, be in bed for a few days, not being able to do my job, not being able to look after my children, not being able to function. And that's as, that's, that's as bad as it gets. Um, everything feels difficult, you know, lack of motivation, feel like you're carrying a big weight uh, around your shoulders. Um, everything feels in slow motion. Decisions can be very difficult um, and you can feel very lethargic, you know. That's the sort of depression end. Now, bipolar is extremes of mood. At the other end of the spectrum, you've got um, the mania or hypermania. And, and do excuse the background noise. My children are wandering around the house, so we might get a few interruptions. Um, so, so the mania is around, you know, dangerous in a different way because in, in that state, I can believe that I'm always right. I believe my ideas are the best ideas that have ever been thought of. And so sometimes they are, but mostly they're not. And I can make very quick decisions. I can be rash. I can make bad financial calls. I can take risks. And risk-taking is a, a very common uh, theme because, you know, I can take risks because I want to see what happens. Now, I was speaking about the self-awareness that comes with age and, and you know, knowing oneself. I've built up that awareness that I can know when I'm in a period of mania now and I can get my decision sense checked. And I've got a, a bunch of people around me that can also um, kind of, you know, just, just put a check and balance into my decision making. Um, but there's a bit in the middle, right? And, and I think it's really important to talk about this, that I experience these challenges, the suffering that, that people would associate with a mental illness. But I also experience periods of drive, 
periods of, of creativity, an ability to challenge the status quo, an ability to come up with new ideas, a different way of thinking. And for me, there's an element of my mental differences that is a superpower. It stands me apart from other people. It allows me to do what I do. It allows me to take on a huge workload and it allows me to make change in what I'm trying to do right now. And you know, Kanye West, who may not be the best advocate for, for, for mental well-being, is bipolar, but he talks about you know, bipolar being his superpower. And that definitely resonates with me because I'm not denying the suffering that many people that might listen to this would be going through if they experience it. I suffer too. But I also experience this, this wonderful strength and you know, part of my personality that I wouldn't give up at all for, for any money. I really appreciate you sharing, Rob. Like, and and on, on this note, may I ask, like, you know, speaking of superpower, would you say that the highs, the really the real highs that you get by you know experiencing bipolar disorder, would you say they're higher compared to what you would experience if you were not affected by the disorder? Absolutely, one one hundred percent. You know, the the highs and the things that I can achieve. So, I mean, sometimes the real highs, and particularly if you're um, a, a what used to be known as a type one bipolar that um, the mania can be really really dangerous you know you could buy three sports cars and not been able to finance it for example you know so we've got to be careful in talking about the highs because they can be quite dangerous but you know when I am in this period of creativity drive and this this beautiful period um, again the, the 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 bipolar friend I was chatting to on a podcast today we were talking about yeah, we almost feel sorry for people that don't get to experience that, even though the price and the cost, which for me is the very dark depression, can be big, but it's worth paying for me. Interesting. Let me ask you, what's a question you believe I should never ask to somebody who has experienced or still going through bipolar disorder? Is there any such thing that, that you know, as let's, you know, pass me the turn as an external, I, I'm, you know, I probably should avoid asking. I think that's a really good question. And I'm just going to sort of reflect on that for a second. Um, I think <laughs> you should probably never ask a bipolar person to go into business with you um, at a time where they're on a, on a high. Um, and I just need to, um, we just need to buy a little game here um, on this one. This is Noah. So say hi. Um, there we go. And we've got a new game on the iPad. The, the cornerstone of any good parenting, wouldn't you say, little man? Um, so um, which allowed me a bit of time to reflect on that question. So I think it's, it's interesting, really, because if somebody is in a, in a low state um, and feeling depression, you know, you, you wouldn't want to... Um, be asking them, you know, what what's you know what's wrong, snap out of it, that kind of stuff. And I think it's a complex challenge that even if you kind of live with that person, it's a complex challenge. So my wife is very good at knowing if I'm heading towards depression or if I'm in a state of mania. And she can probably tell both of those things before I can, before it's reflected on the form score. Um, but I, th I think the, the difficulty is if, if you're talking to a bipolar person who, who is in a, uh, an upstate and in a state of hypermania, actually it's quite difficult to 
get that person to change direction um, if they really believe what they're trying to do. So, you know, over time now I can um, understand when I'm in that position and I can listen to people who are giving me counsel. Before I just couldn't believe that people would disagree with me. So I, I'm not directly answering your question and I'm struggling to, to, to do so directly, but I think it's not so much you shouldn't ask, there's not a question you shouldn't ask. I think with bipolar people, it's um, trying to build up the awareness of where they're at in their cycle or where they're at on the continuum. That's quite helpful. No, and that's that's honestly, I guess, a perfect answer. I wasn't really expecting a straightforward answer. It was more of a thought-provoking question, and you know, I, I I wouldn't, I wasn't really sure what would come out of it. But I'm really happy with with uh, with your feedback, and you know, because the the thought that that I had in my mind, you know, listening to you speaking about bipolar disorder, was immediately, you know, if I if I notice, you know, let's say a friend of mine who was affected by bipolar disorder heading towards a, a high or a low when do I know when to, or whether I should actually encourage that and, and help him towards the high or actually manage his expectation and try to sort of keep him with his feet or her feet on the ground. And, and this is something that, um, you know, I'm not sure whether there's a specific answer for that or whether that's linked to, to what you just told me. Yeah, so I, I think, yeah, first of all, if someone's coming to terms with that sort of diagnosis, it's kind of professional help that they need and, and it's important to make that point. I think with people that are close to us that we get to know, if if we can understand about people's cycles and the signs, you know, so for example, my wife will be able to tell if I'm heading towards depression because I get withdrawn, I shut off from the family a little bit. And so she can point this out to me. And sometimes, not always, that, that could be really helpful. But that comes with that knowledge. I think, you know, it's quite difficult if you just saw a, a work colleague you didn't know that well, clearly acting in a in a hypermanic way you know maybe talking too much trying to not listening to other points yeah i think all you can do there is, is sort of if you have a good enough relationship say look you know th there's some signs here that you might might be struggling a little bit um you know we'd invite you to seek some some help and and, and signpost to help but i think it depends on the strength of your relationship with with the person really and how much knowledge you have over them and i think like 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 any form of um, people suffering from a mental illness, typically we would spot that with behaviour change. So if we start seeing changes in behaviour of people around us, it's just worth asking the question why. But the biggest skill I think in all of this is listening, non-judgmental non listening, um, and not being afraid to to ask people if they are struggling and if they need some help. But if you've got a bipolar person who's on the way up and is is is, is in a manic state, um, sometimes it, it it might just be that you, um, depending on 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 what that state is, if it's a dangerous one, you might need to just you know call uh, call for some help professionally, or it's just encouraging them and trying to get through to them when they're in a more balanced phase. That actually, I think you might have a a challenge here that's worth getting checked out. Is it my business to ask if, you know, um, having been, you know, uh, suffering from bipolar disorder for, for quite a few years now, like, is it, you feel like, is it getting better, uh, worse or stable? So, yeah, I, I wouldn't de describe it as better or worse. I'd describe it as um, more manageable and I think um, probably more stable. But this is, I think there's two points to this. One is the the self-awareness that you do build up when you're managing a mental health challenge 
um, and I've been managing it now for almost 20 years with knowledge, that actually you just come better at managing it. Um, and there are still times where I could be in bed with depression and there's still times where I can come up with ridiculous, silly ideas that I think are the best things in the world and want to make happen. But actually myself and the people around me are good at trying to head that off. I think there's, a, there's another point though, that um, I've been open about my mental illness for um, almost four years now, which is not that long in the, the, compared to the period of time I've been managing it. Now, I think the act of being open actually, as in, in my case and many other people that I speak to, has resulted in a diminishment of the power of that mental Ill, um, illness over me. So I, I get definitely less episodes of depression the the and i get more of that positive period of not quite in, in hypermania but that drive and that creativity that beautiful period i was talking about less of the really extreme um, manic periods so i think when we're not carrying the burden of pretending to be something we're not where our mental health is concerned the power of that challenge over us is smaller i, I relate to that very much rob i, I sometimes say that you know, as somebody who's been struggling with depression, um, I, I make sort of like the whole world my therapy room, right? Like I don't need to specifically go to a, you know, to a specific room, to a specific professional, though obviously that helps to, to you know, to, to open myself up. I can do that, you know, with, with anybody at any time. And that's been, that's been a huge game changer for me. So I, I completely relate to, to what you're saying and, you know, I appreciate you sharing this and and you know of course it's it's part of me being curious and part of uh, you know having having somebody somebody like you who's uh, who's very well spoken and has been done has done this before so I felt like in sort of in the right place to ask these questions and I hope that's all right yeah of course it is and, and you know I think reflecting on it say part of what I do as you know is the inside out leaderboard where I showcase business leaders workplace leaders who have a mental health challenge and are prepared to be open about it and so we've published in the uk over two years 110 different business leaders ceos partners mds whatever it might be who've put their name to this list to say we speak about the fact we have a mental health challenge but that's 110 people i've had a conversation with about their journey towards recovery and i i would say pretty much all of them maybe with one or two exceptions feel that the fact that, that they can be open now about their challenges and have chosen to do so they they have less in the in the way of difficulties with that challenge it's not you know it's not complete it's not 100 percent, but they experience the same thing that i've been describing so as we look to smash the stigma of mental illness in the world um, in all territories and you know you're, you're obviously based in, in in continental Europe and and the stigma is much stronger there than in the UK actually smashing the stigma will help people that suffer directly because not only can they be themselves I think we'll see the impact of their mental illness and in many many cases just diminish a little bit. Fair enough I appreciate you saying that and and you know on this note let's move on to to, to form score itself, right? Like, cause, uh, cause I, you know, I, I believe it's uh, in its simplicity and because of its simplicity, it's a fantastic app. Uh, like I said, I, I, I was a big fan of the first version. The second version of course came with, with more features and and I, I, I find it, you know, I, I said it the first time we spoke, like it's just, 
you know, sometimes you you wake up and you don't really feel like talking to anybody, and and form score makes makes it so easy to just give yourself a score and and you know check back after after a few days, weeks, or months, and and have this have this trend and and really understand what what was bothering you or what was empowering you some somehow, um, and you know without really getting into I believe the the nitty gritty of of form score, which is something that I I encourage literally anybody to to check and 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 take part into. Um, there is there is one thing specifically that I believe bothers me in the use of form score, and is you know I gave myself a five, and I almost felt like. You know, I felt bad giving myself a five because I keep thinking whenever I give myself a bad score, I keep I keep thinking to myself, you know, I have a really good life. I'm I'm obviously, you know, I have I have a great job. I'm I'm surrounded by great people. I have a, I have a great partner in life, and I still give myself a five, and I feel very, very guilty about it. Is this something that you know, based on your experience, happens a lot? Is this a normal reaction? Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I I, I do, and I think. The events that are happening in the world um, and we're right to be grateful for what we've got and actually being grateful is is good for our well-being but you know there's a lot of people that have got some very horrific um, situations going on and there's a lot of people that have lost loved ones and a lot of people have lost their lives um, so you know i i do understand that that feeling that you know we we need to be thankful for what we've got and who we are um, and you're not alone in that feeling of, of of guilt almost in 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 terms of um you know experiencing uh low form and i think it's 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 linked a little bit with the the stigma and the shame um that that society has put on mental ill health partly and i think there's another bit because obviously within the app that we're sharing form scores with friends with family members with trusted colleagues that sometimes, and I've heard this quite a bit, people don't want to feel a burden to others about their suffering. That, you know, putting a, a, a four or a three out of 10 would mean their friends would be reaching out and then you would be feeling that you're burdening your friends and, and, and worrying them about you. And some people don't want to share that. So everybody's, everybody's pain, everybody's suffering is their truth. And actually it doesn't matter if you are Meghan Markle, Queen of England, uh, somebody that is unfortunately homeless, somebody that's lost a, a loved one. Everybody's pain, everybody's suffering is their own and it is their truth. And everybody's mental illness or period of mental ill health is their own. So if we are a five out of 10, which we are today, there's no problem in sharing that for me. And we shouldn't feel guilty about doing that. I'm not um, diminishing your feelings on this. But I think actually, if you look at it from the flip side, most of us, if we had a friend that we care about or a family member, we would want to know if they were a five out of 10 or a four out of 10. We would want to know so we could say, hey, I can see you've got low form today. Just gonna check in with you. You know, Do you wanna have a call? Do you wanna have a cup of tea uh, virtually? Whatever it might be to offer some support to people we care about. So. I totally get what you're what you're feeling, and I've heard it from others. I think one of the, uh, and we we're really big on listening um, at Formscore as to how we can make this solution, this movement, better for people. And I think one of the things we will look to implement is some form of status or kind of note that people can put to their profile. So I might say, 
um, you know, I'm a five out of 10 today and I might put a note saying, hey, I'm, I'm all good, but just had bad sleep. Yeah, tomorrow will be better. And then you can add a little bit more to your form score that might reassure your friends, okay, I don't really need to check in with Rob because he, he's got some good sleep, but let's see how he goes over the next few days. And I think we need to give people the option to do that, to, to then allow them to be able to communicate a bit more other than just the form score. But I think, you know, if we're low, um, that is okay to be low. It's okay to own that. It's okay to share it. And look, the idea here is we want to be able to build up the self-awareness to know, okay, we're fine today, but let's let's understand why that is the case. And let's think about what steps we can take to try and move up towards a six. So I totally get what you're saying, um, but you're, you're allowed and we're all allowed to experience uh, our suffering that comes for whatever reason it's not indulgent and there's no shame in it it really helps you say that uh, you you know you hear you say that rob thank you um do you think that you know because of this sort of like bias that we have um would we would that influence the the circle of people we decide to surrender ourselves with within within the form score app so you know you have obviously the option to invite friends and you know that some of your friends that might have more of a bubbly personality and they could like you know the second they see you are at the four or five they would probably immediately jump into into you know trying to support you do you you know do you have any any opinion strong or or, or weak opinion about like you know people sort of like choosing their circle of form score friends because of this yeah I, I think that's a really good question and it's something that that we've been thinking about in these circles of support that, that that I talk about um I think first and foremost you've got to look to who do you want to have your back when you're feeling low and who do you want to have that knowledge that you might want to check in with and I think that's you know that's the first obvious criteria who who in your network are those people that you would really want to know if they're struggling so you can you know help out but I think it's really interesting because um, I, I've got I'm connected to quite a few people on on, on FormScore just because people connect with me because it's my app, and it's really nice to see the mix. Actually, it's really nice to see the nine out of tens and the bubbly people and the people who'll be firing emojis at you and you know being very positive in a group, and and it's also rewarding to help somebody struggling at a three out of 10 move to a four or a five by checking in and, and supporting them. So I think our motivation as individuals is, is very different, but I think to have a blend of um, people that you're connected with, you know, what we'll find is people will have different form at different times. And it is great to have a few bubbly people on the app. And I think, you know, you might want to go on the app because you want to support others. You might want to go on the app because you want to track your own mood. You might want to go on the app because you want to be supported by your friends. I think those motivations will differ slightly and they'll change over time, but it's good to have a blend. And I think if we have the blend, I started talking about kind of generating herd immunity, which is probably too strong, but herd immunity for mental illness, that we've got these circles of support that keep each other up and, and check in with each other when we're low and celebrate when we're feeling high. And if we can do that in our groups, in our social groups, collectively, we will bolster ourselves. We will have the resilience to deal with what life is throwing at us, which is quite a lot right now. 
that's that's a beautiful answer Rob like I, I I can only wish for myself to you know to to have first of all your your mindset because you strike me as very positive person you always you always find the good in, in things and then this is really something that I that I have to learn to do better but I, I really appreciate you sharing you sharing your point of view what would form score have worked 10 years ago um, no I don't think it would um, ten, 10 years ago the the stigma of mental ill health um, would have been too strong um, to 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 make it work. I think there was a need for it for sure, um, but we weren't ready to talk about it. We weren't ready to share with our friends how we're feeling. Um, now, the work um, of, of many people out there in smashing stigma is changing that. I think the pandemic here is has really helped. In, in some respects, in terms of one of the few silver linings of it, in, in democratizing mental health, because 100% of us will know what it is like to struggle with our mental well-being as a result of the pandemic. Whereas if you roll the clock back 10 years, I think there was still very much a view that mental health was binary. You were either ill or you were well. It's black or white. And if you are well, you don't need to worry about depression and anxiety because it doesn't apply to you. And that's just those poor, unlucky buggers who've got a diagnosis. Whereas now I think people are starting to understand that there is a great performance advantage in investing in our well-being. But actually, there's a better understanding that we will all struggle to some degree or another. So I don't think form school would have taken off uh, 10 years ago. Um, I think it would have been a bit too early. And, you know, just I've got ultimate respect for the campaigners that were um, advocating change during that time. People in the UK like Alistair Campbell, Ruby Wax, Stephen Fry, um, that, because during that period of time, it was much less spoken about. Mm -hmm. Rob, I, I promised I would keep it short and concise and, and sweet. So I'm, I'm gonna, you know, ask you one last question and it's kind of a broad one. Um, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but like, and it's sort of an easy question to ask. So forgive me for that, but uh, you know, there's a lot going on with Formscore. I, you know, for one, like I said, I, I, I love the app. I think it's super easy, it's super intuitive. It's, it's even, it even has a sleek UI and, and, and you know, I can only see I, I, you know, I'm pretty sure it will it will turn into a great community, and you're doing an amazing job with that. So first of all, you know, hats off and congratulations for what you're building. Um, I also see that you're you're pushing quite a bit in the, in the direction of having the app being adopted within teams at work. So you can, mm -hmm. you know, you can you can uh, evaluate sort of the average score of your team, and this will at the same time drive leaders to, you know, pave the way. For, for their team themselves and, and open up. And I think there's, there's a snow, an interesting snowballing effect coming from what you're doing at, at Formscore. So here comes the easy question. Where is you know, Formscore going and, and what's, your, what's your actual wish? What do you, what do you really want Formscore to, to become in the next, you know, let's take an average five years? Yeah, great, great questions. Thank you. And the, you know, I will answer that first. The, the point about the workplace is interesting because I think if we can um, get get people in workplaces using the the app, what we can then do is anonymously aggregate up form scores, and we can get organisational form scores or team form scores, and we can aggregate the insights as to what's driving that. So, if if you know 
if we're looking at you know, London versus uh, New York and we see New York is trending down, we can work out why that is in a real time way. And then we might then as an employer then give some attention to the New York office and see, see what, what support they need. So I think it's, it can provide real time data, which would be interesting. Um, but my hope, my hope, you know, form score is first and foremost a movement. Um, the technology facilitates the movement, but it's a movement. And the, the objective is to help people become more intentional about their well-being and help them facilitate peer support with people they care about, friends, family members, and trusted colleagues. So um, for me, what would I like to see in, in five years' time? I'd like to see FormScore um, being used by a whole bunch of people and I don't you know I don't need to put a number on that but a, a, a large number of people that it can make um, significant change in the way we're thinking about our well-being that it can inspire us to go on a journey of proactively managing our well-being and it can create those circles of support in different groups that as we travel through the next few years and they're going to be tough um, that we can support each other, people that we care about as humans. So it's first and foremost a mission, a movement with a technology solution that, that's backing it up. You know, I, I need to make it sustainable. I need to make you know to make the commercial elements work to to fuel that. But that's the mission. And you know, as we develop this, if we are successful, I think we'll be able to do some cool stuff about really embedding that community into the app itself, into um, how we reward people, how we incentivize people to, to manage their form, lots of really good ideas. What I'm not trying to be here is the Mark Zuckerberg of mental health. I'm really not. Um, I'm trying to help people become better at managing well-being. Rob, we both started with a five. I'm definitely leaning towards a six, even six and a half, maybe. May I hope that uh, you'll be leaning towards a six by the end of the day? Oh, there yeah, there we, there we go. Six. So I've, I've definitely got it. So, yeah, I love I love conversations like this. And you you ask um, interesting questions that, that make me think. So, um, yeah, thank you for exploring that with me today. It's a pleasure to be chatting to you. Well, Rob, that, that means everything. And it's it's pretty much the reason why I'll, I'll keep doing this podcast for for some time to come. So thanks again so much for for doing this. And uh, and well, hopefully we'll we'll be connected very soon again. Fantastic. Thanks, Matteo.